Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Night Colors Bigfoot Radio. You are here with your hostess, Lauren Smith. And tonight I have a special treat for you guys. I have the author of the Genesis 6 Project. Um, this is a book about the Kandahar Giants. Um, it is loosely based fiction. However, um, I really wanted to talk to the author about this because of his research into the topic, um, as well as his interest in other cryptids that spawned this book. So I really want to talk to him tonight and I hope you guys bring a lot of questions. Uh, before we get into it, please show some love for that Night Colors crew and give us a thumbs up, subscribe, hit that notification bell so that you don't miss any other shows that I have coming up. Next week, we'll have David Wilbanks um, that was rescheduled from last week. So thank you guys for your patience with that. My son is doing great. Um, we handled the emergency. He's doing well now. So thank you all for your prayers and well wishes. And I'm not going to keep you any longer. I'm going to go ahead and bring Michael on. Like I said, please give us a thumbs up and bring your questions to the live chat. All right. Here we go. All right. Hi, Michael. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks, Lauren. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. It is cold and rainy here, but we are, we're making it. We're getting through it. Um, definitely not the weather to be out in the woods looking for Bigfoot right now. So here I am. You can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you're from the Midwest and, um, you told me earlier, you know, it's just cold there and all that. Cold, Do you, snow. Yep. yeah, <laughs> got the snow. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. Um, you had mentioned in your bio that you have been into cryptids for quite a while. Um, so what got you interested into in cryptids and the weird and paranormal and all that? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 for me, it's been kind of a lifelong, lifelong study and or interest, you know, you know, like everyone, when I was a little kid, saw the, saw the television shows and thought, you know, there's gotta be something more out there than, than what we're seeing on television. And so, you know, probably for the last 30, 40 years, just trying to read everything that I could get my hands on and, right. you know, trying to, trying to creatively think about it. Oh, is this true? Is this not true? In a, in a vantage point like that. So I don't know if there was one similar event, but it was just, it just kind of built and built and built, you yeah. know, for me over the years. Okay. Um, was there one particular cryptid that you were more interested in than the others? You, you know, so I, I've been a, a big Bigfoot Sasquatch fan for, for, for a real long time. And, um, you know, dating back, and there's a lot of television shows, but me, this will date me as a, as a child. I watched the Six Million Dollar Man and, yes. and, and, <laughs> and that show that people probably say that's crazy what, what happened there. But but then, it, you know, it was it was, you know, reading a lot of eyewitness accounts and seeing a lot of the evidence that, you know, people present. It, it, it made me think, you know, there's there's something out there that, you know, that's more than what people are 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 telling us and and so that you know that intrigued me and made me want to learn more oh i can't hear you can you hear me i muted myself i'm yeah. sorry oh, sorry um okay. yeah so okay. i think that a lot of people um i think a lot of people get started that way it's always um I either hear that they found a book in the library that, you know, in, you know intrigued them or they watched a show on TV or the Patty mm -hmm. film. Um, a lot of mm -hmm. people didn't know anything about Bigfoot until that Patty film came out. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, and, 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 but go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say 
for me, I'm a very analytical person and I've got, without going into great detail, I've got a science background as well. And so it just, I wanted to apply some of that very analytic thinking mm -hmm. to this area. And I just thought, well, there's so much to uncover here because I really, and, and a lot of these things, particularly when you look at legends and things like that, there's a lot of times a kernel of truth buried within those um, those stories that maybe start out as stories and tells. And if we look at, for example, Native Americans and we look yes. at some of their legends and their stories, there are truths to those. And that kind of helped me think about, you know, I, in, in my own journey as, I, as, I, as I've gone through this, this area. Yes. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, you know, we have so many researchers out there. We have the more analytically minded ones and then we have mm. the storytellers such as yourself. So to have someone mm. that can blend both of those things and then, you know, come out, um, put forth store, um, you know, works about it. That's very important. Um, I have another author that I brought on and he, he, it, he does works of fiction. Sorry. Mm -hmm. He does works of fiction regarding Bigfoot. However, all of his research is put into that book. And so it may be a work of fiction, but everything yeah. he puts in there is because he has researched it. He has gone out in the field. He has um, learned from other researchers. So, you know, every everything that he puts, there's a grain of truth in every work of fiction, right? Um, yeah. So that's kind of why I wanted to have you on tonight because the Giants of Kandahar, that's a... That's a hot topic, as we discussed. That's a kind of a yeah. hot button for people, actually, too. Um, I told you I made a post, and um, I post Bigfoot things all day long, and I made one post about the Giants of Kandahar, and to this day, it's one of my most popular posts. People still go back and comment on that post. So um, this is a hot topic. You know, that really gets people going, and it's amazing to me. We have, you know... Um, 11 and 12 foot Bigfoot sightings and reports here. And it does, it does not affect people as deeply as, uh, something living in the mountains that can rip your face off, you know? Right. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. And, and, and there's a lot, there's a, and there's a lot I mean, when I look, there's, there's been, if it's a novice in, in the, in the, in the Bigfoot space, there's a lot of very reputable source materials, at least to me, it looks like when I start reading material in books and stuff out there, at least compared to, to the Kandahar situation, there's a lot more, mm -hmm. you know, material out there. Yeah, no, there is. Um, so I told you that, um, hold on a second, I'm having a scratchy throat right now. Mm -hmm. huh. It's all the snacks that I was eating right before we went live, <laughs> uh, if I'm being honest. So I told you that I have a special interest in this topic. Um, you know, anything with um, a mythical creature and government cover up, like, you know, that's just, that's, that's bait to a Bigfoot researcher, you know, to someone like us mm -hmm. that studies the weird. Um, so I have a special uh, interest in this because I was given an encounter by somebody um, who allegedly hadn't had the experience that we hear about in the 2000s where the contingent of military personnel faced one of these things down, it attacked one of their, or attacked them, they fired back and eventually killed the thing. Um, I had someone give that account to me from a personal standpoint. Now, 
this person, you know, it, it's hard because the skeptic in me wants to say that this person heard it secondhand or read about it and then related onto me as their own. But I watched this person have a PTSD breakdown before they finally shared with me what had triggered them. And I had, um, we had shown them a cast of a Bigfoot track and it was a very large Bigfoot track. And this person started having a PTSD breakdown and it took us, it took us all night to, to calm this person down and get the story out of them that they eventually told me. And it was the story of the giants of Kandahar. And they had told me that, you know, they were over there in a remote base in the cave systems and that they had some POWs with them and they were taking them in there and that the prisoners were screaming to not be taken in there, that they would rather be shot at that point um, because they did not want to go into the caves because they had heard such bad things lived in there and they didn't want to go in. Um, and then once they went in, the person had told me that there was screaming that would go on through the night in the lower levels all night long, um, like someone being hurt, but there was no military personnel down there. Like nothing was going on down there. It was just the prisoners. Um, and then, you know, he later went into facing the thing. Um, the thing that got me the most of his encounter is he described it. He described what, um, what ammunition they used against him and that he described the spear going through, you know, the military person and, and putting them up, he described, but when he described the actual creature, he said that from here down, it was just primal, primitive, you know, it's like, it, it could just tear you apart. But from here up, he said it was just intense, like sentient intense and like again primal like it just mm -hmm. there was not really anything human in its eyes it was just feral and he told us this and um you know it impacted me greatly and i just i couldn't believe that he had had this experience when he told me but later he again he started breaking down again and he started actually yelling at us and and you know kind of in a caring way, but he was so upset that we go out and look blindly for this creature here that can hurt us. He said, you don't know anything about it. You don't know what it can do to you. And you guys just go out in the woods blindly looking for this. It's not safe. You guys are idiots, basically. Um, and if anything, it just, it, it, that encounter story impacted me more than any Bigfoot story I've ever heard. And so ever since then, I've been super interested in this topic. And then, you know, I found you and you've actually written a book on this. And yes, it's loosely based on fiction, but the research that you did to, you know, write this Crafted book, that's it. kind of what I want to hear about. Sure, sure. So how would you, uh, how would you like me to, to start out? Well, so what prompted you to want to write this write book? The book? You know, so like yourself, I, I had for years had read about this story and and in my own endeavor, and I'd actually, and so for me personally, um, I felt like, you know, as an individual, when I look, for example, at, at, 
at the Bible. Let's just say that, for example, I looked at it from a standpoint of a paranormal standpoint that there were a lot of par- I mean, I'm out here, but there were a lot of paranormal type of events in that book, in the book. And I thought, you know, if you talk about Nephilim, which is what we're talking about, I, 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 I spent a lot of time. I've probably, you know, outside of trying to talk to different people and, and, and interview others, I, and I've probably read 20 to 30 books on the topic from different scholars and different people who have different opinions on, you know, do they, do, did they exist? If they existed, how did, how did they come about? Is it possible for them to exist today and under what type of circumstances? And then right. my, 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 my background, I have, without, again, without going into detail, I've got some military mm-hmm. experience. I've got some medical experience. I've got some science experience. And so I'm very analytic. And I thought, you know, biologically, I, I could figure out how you could how something like this could exist. Most people would say it's not physically possible mm-hmm. for something like a cryptoid or, or this type large creature could exist. Right. But I can imagine that in my head. And I thought, well, maybe this isn't far-fetched what people are saying because mm-hmm. I can imagine a circumstance where it could happen. Right. And, and putting all that together, and that's part of the speculative part. And so as I read more and more what people have said and, and communicate with others, they seem pretty authentic with what right. you were well, like what you were saying with the individual you spoke with people that I'd come across were pretty authentic and now obviously I didn't have I don't have the smoking gun that says hey this mm-hmm. is the definitive proof right and so after thinking about it I thought you know what this is a story that that I could tell I could write I mean obviously it's not my story but I could tell it and then on top of that if if you if you if you read all about the Kandahar giant mm-hmm. you know the story goes that there was a creature or this hybrid, hybrid mm-hmm. half man, half half angelic being, and it was killed by the U.S. military and taken away in a helicopter. Right. That was kind of the storyline. Well, my storyline picks up and said, "Well, let's just take that storyline and what happens if, if the hybrid really wasn't killed, but just captured? Right. And what if it were brought to a secret military location for genetics research?" And that's kind of where my story picks up. But so I, okay. I thought, you know, if, if I were in the U.S. military, I'd probably want to capture the creature and not kill it if something like that did mm-hmm. exist for study. Same thing with, right. with, with the Bigfoot. I mean, Bigfoot. Like, and, yeah, yeah. Same, same rationale, right? You wouldn't mm-hmm. want to necessarily go kill him or her. Right. You'd want to capture it for a lot of other bad, bad reasons. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and so that was where I pick up with, with okay. that. And I thought, you know, that's that's, that's kind of how I, how I work my way into it, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had actually heard, um, you know, read articles and pretty sure it was on Reddit or some other such, um, forum, but that they, you know, after they killed it, it was dead, of course. So they couldn't have a live specimen, but that they had transported it to a secret lab in America, um, pieces of it. It's they, I had heard that they had pieced out that giant and sent pieces of it to different labs um under you know top secret and you have to you have to run all the gene you know everything on this piece of the giant but they didn't tell the scientist that the other scientist had a piece they wanted to know what each scientist found was and that's that's a plausible story Mm -hmm. i mean then there are certain military facilities that that could do that and and again without 
without spoiling the book, I mean, yeah, I talk about things such as CRISPR. CRISPR is a genetic mm-hmm. technology, for example, that you can take DNA from from one hybrid creature or from one creature, and you could potentially transpose it into into another creature. And mm-hmm. it, that kind of technology is actually being used today in in, in medical work. So so if you look at mm-hmm. ways to early stages of things like eye diseases and heart diseases, you know, taking good genes and basically and, and replacing them for the bad genes, but you right. could use the same concept and say, take a take a gene from a from a cryptid mm-hmm. that's special that provides strength or vision, and you could put it into a soldier or some other mm-hmm. right entity, and and in essence, that person could be like a super soldier. So you know that's not that far out there technology wise. Yeah, I I mean, you hear about that a lot. You hear about super soldiers and, you know, that's like everything you just said is like the basis of any uh, recent sci-fi any, I've, I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But so, I mean, but um, but your book, you know, like I said, you've done the research on the Kandahar mm-hmm. giant and um, I just so did you talk to um, like you said, you had talked to people about that event. Um, did Mm -hmm. you talk to actual witnesses or were you interviewing people who are, um, more knowledgeable about the event? It it was, it was a little bit of both. I I don't know for sure. Like, like you were saying, if I ever got to the point where someone would be willing to come out and say, Hey, I was there in person. Um, although there were certainly people saying, Hey, I was in the location and I've, talk to people who experienced this or I have I was given warnings you know on in in the post about this and we were told this you know about shooting high when we were out on patrol but you've heard those things too Mm -hmm. and and so I had you know many many folks say you know I was there but no one necessarily willing to come out and say hey I'll talk to you one-on-one to give you the insights yeah even as much as i tried i couldn't find someone that that would be willing to do that right and and there may be reasons for that but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think um you know this the person that i spoke to again if he is an actual uh witness or if he's a secondhand witness like your people that he heard it you know through the grapevine um he it took all night like i said to get him to calm down and that was most of the bulk of that was reassuring him that he is not crazy because of what he saw, which yeah. I find myself doing with Bigfoot witnesses as well. But this person, I mean, he was in full PTSD melt. I, I, I believe it. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, this triggered him and, uh, but he said, you know, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. And I'm like, you're, you're not, you know, you're not crazy for what you saw it. This happened to you. And, um, I told him, I said, you know, there are people that you can't just walk up to someone at Walmart and tell them that you saw this and have them understand, you know, how significant that is and life changing. I said, but you're sitting here with two people who understand and don't think you're crazy. Um, and that helped him kind of trust us a little bit more. And he was able to tell us a little bit more, but, um, it's, it's hard to find someone who's going to give you that encounter. So that's why I'm a little bit skeptical that this person really had that encounter or, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, it was. I, I mean, pe- people were pretty passionate who I, you know, communicated mm-hmm. with. But again, it was. I mean, it's hard to say no because of their passion and and their belief. Yeah. Right. At the same time, like you're saying, though, it's 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 hard for me to say definitively that hey, this is yes, the one hundred percent. Unfortunately. What was the um, was there any information that you got that just sent chills down your spine and just you know? Um. You know, it, it it was it was sort of like what you had had mentioned earlier in your description because all the all the all the encounters that I had, I mean, of of different folks I talked with talked about the ferocity of of the nephilim, and it almost like it was a primordial type of individual who 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 lacked a soul in, in essence, almost if when looking mm-hmm. at their eyes, and right. almost like a beast. Per, per se, mind you, in that, and and I tried to, like you say, I tried to to do justice in describing right. what that might look like in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, eleven, twelve feet tall. You know, in this case, it was red hair, and there's mm-hmm. a reason, there's a rationale for that. There's a lot of history and and why some people think you know red hair was common, mm-hmm. and, and if you even if you look at the Native American stories in the u.s there are stories in the u.s that kind of mirror what you see described there there are actually stories from hundreds of years ago that i also brought into the book that that kind of bring in that kind of uh, perspective as well Mm -hmm. but it was just the the lack of compassion the ferocity the the kind of like cannibalistic nature of Mm -hmm. of a creature like this and the lack of lack of regard for human life Mm-hmm. Um, so you had mentioned, you know, um, you sent me, a, I think the excerpt from the book or a synopsis of the book, and you had mentioned that, um, the crow in there. So you said, and you mentioned just now the native American aspect. Um, so mm-hmm. did your research take you, did you speak to people here in America, um, of native American descent and what kind of information did you end up getting out of that? You know, so I had some brief, brief conversations that weren't as, you know, as expanded as some of the folks who said they had military experience. And I think they were a little bit more reserved mm-hmm. and, and regarded and sharing information. Um, but but it I mean, it, it was enough to kind of like confirm what mm-hmm. what we're talking about. But it wasn't necessarily like, OK, you know, in our 500 year history let me tell you three specific encounters that that you know our folks yeah. have had had involvement with however it there were things like um you know in our in our oral legends you know these are the things that that you know our folks our people had encountered you know so many mm-hmm. years ago when they were on the land but right. it, but but it, so it was good confirmatory but it wasn't again it was wasn't enough to yeah. To say, okay, here's a smoking gun that right. that that would that would be definitive. Okay. Um, have you ever heard any accounts of this creature in this country besides way back when? Like, did anyone at all say, you know? You, you know, I, I I've it's interesting because in looking at there's a lot of information that people claim 
out there. And so I was like you're saying, I was trying to trying to peel away what mm-hmm. I thought was more factual that I could count on versus maybe stuff that wasn't as factual. And so if you read, there are lots of stories. I mean, there, there are stories of folks saying, hey, there were there were bones of giants in the U.S. and they lived in different mm-hmm. parts of the country and they were taken away by the Smithsonian Institute, for example. Yeah. You, you hear those kind of <laughs> things heard that all one. the time. Yeah. You've heard that one before and I'm kind of yeah. like, okay, well, that doesn't really yeah. help me. But, but right. there are probably, I think, reasonable stories. And I don't know, again, there's a lot of sometimes conflating of, mm-hmm. of tall individuals with, you know, true Nephilim type of individuals but 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 you there there are stories though like uh, um you know some of the earlier settlers who explored Mm -hmm. the u.s Mm -hmm. actually had stories in in diaries of encounters with you know like in patagonia um Mm -hmm. in places like that where 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 they are talking about you know eight nine feet tall you know individuals and then the question is whether or not they're they're related right. to the, the other group. I, I don't know for sure, but, but there is, you know, in, in, in my research, there were at least there, were, I found more than 50 cultures across the, across the world that had some type of story or legend that talked about, you know, hybrid creatures like this. And That's amazing. so there was a lot, it wasn't like there was just a handful, but there were over yeah. 50. 50, over 50 cultures. That's and a lot. That's a lot. And, and and in my research, like if you look at some of the, even some of the early Jewish writers mm-hmm. around the, you know, around, you know, 1 BC, mm-hmm. they, they even talk about that a lot, but they also talk about how a lot of the early demigods, like in Greek and things like that, were mm-hmm. actually really describing these nephilim type creatures instead again i i, okay. I can't th- th- these are these are speculation and i'm kind of getting way right out now but that but, well, that's, I mean, but there's there's a lot yeah. of discussion but i did find a lot of discussion on those kind of things when you when you right. looked at it but like we yeah. were saying with all this there's probably some some nugget of truth that's kind of buried mm-hmm. in there right. if you go deep enough i think so as well um that's really interesting how many cultures have referenced you know that and i i I know i guess i've always known that they've referenced giants of some kind but usually it's hairy hairy giants hairy hominid hairy wild man you know um giant people covered in hair but never um humanoid giants you know they always put something in there that makes you think Bigfoot, but um, the humanoid giants, you just don't hear that as often. So that's amazing. That number really, it's impactful. And, and I'm probably, and that's probably an underestimate. There's pro- it's probably more than that. I was kind of mm-hmm. an under low ball kind of right, estimate yeah. of, of that. So that's, that's still impactful. Um, yep. Okay. Got some questions from the chat rolling in. Um, okay. Back to the, uh, the giant in okay. the Middle East. Um, do you think the military had to conceal what they experienced? So that's a great question. Um, and I don't know if that question is because you know the answer already. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, think... I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm, the yeah. questioner, but, but the questioner yeah. knew the answer already. Um, I would, let's just say hypothetically that it, that it, we'll, we'll make the assumption that it did occur. 
and I'll answer from that way. And I would say, yes, um, I would think you would have to conceal mm -hmm. it because I've thought about this a fair amount. What kind of Pandora's box are you opening up? And think about it. If you if you if you were to announce this or let people know you had this, then it kind of changes the paradigm of how we think. Absolutely. How do you explain this? Or are there others that are like this? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. what's the relationship between a Nephilim and a Bigfoot? Mm -hmm. um, do, are, are, are there some relationship there between them? Because they're, you know, there's some similarities. Um, and also, I mean, if you're going to use it as a weapon, you certainly wouldn't want your your other other competitive militaries around the world to know you had something. Like right. That. Right. You want your super soldiers to be special. Yes. Right, right, right. <laughs> I say that mockingly, but I mean, yeah. it's, um, I'm one of those uh, that believe that um, Bigfoot is real and the military knows it. And um, that, you know, if I were to find a Bigfoot body tomorrow, I would not have that Bigfoot body in my possession for very long. Um, I'm one of the, one of the believers in that. And I just, I think there's a reason there's never been a body found. I think it's just that a body has never been able to be, you know, told that it's found. Um, right, right. Okay, another question. How could these creatures be destroyed if conventional methods are ineffective? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's another, another good question. Um, I, I guess you have to have, I mean, in my, in my mind, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, is it, is it, is it truly a type of creature that, that is unkillable or is it just a very strong mm -hmm. creature that takes a lot to kill it? Right. And, and if you looked at the, the story with the U S military, the story goes that they, they use very high firepower and, and with a lot of firepower and they killed it. And mm -hmm. so in, in my storyline, it was it would it, it would take a whole lot of, of firepower and it wasn't really easy and, and so mm -hmm. in the in in and so that would make it tough. But, but to pose a very interesting question, what if you couldn't kill it? Yeah, that's a, that's mm -hmm. uh that's that's a scary scenario because of what if you couldn't yeah. carry it and, and, and what if there were more? And, mm -hmm. and yeah. at that point what you could do is maybe try and contain it, but I don't know how you could. Right. Um, and so that would make a very scary, nightmarish situation in my mind. Oh, I agree. Um, yeah, just the, you know, if you go off of that encounter, um, they fired, I believe, 50 cal at it. And as well as uh, just a barrage of other other weaponry and finally took it down. Um, but, I mean, it, I think it took a whole contingent of soldiers to take it down with their full, you know, um, yeah, it's so, I mean, that's pretty daunting. Um, <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> um, okay. So another question, do you think that Bigfoot are Nephilim? And if so, why Bigfoot, not the giant? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, uh, I thought about this question before the show mm -hmm. tonight. Yeah. Um, we had touched on that. <laughs> Um, um, if you choose to plead the fifth, that's yeah, fine. Um, I, 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 do you think that there's a a good supporting uh, reason why they could be, whether you feel that way or not? You can yeah, play devil's I mean, advocate if you want. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could, 
you could argue that that there's a relationship in my mind. Um, again, I don't know mm-hmm. everyone's thoughts, and and yeah. so you you might have talked about this in great detail, I'm sure, before now. Or I'm no? a guest who have touched on it. Um, generally, you know, there are some people that feel very very passionately that these are these beings, there's no other reason for their existence other than that they are Nephilim or um, that their paranormal attributes uh, make them, that verifies that they're Nephilim. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people that feel very passionately that they are in fact Nephilim and a lot that believe they are flesh and blood anomalies. So. Yeah. I mean, is it, I, I, I could, I could be convinced that there's a paranormal connection i could be convinced of that um it's i mean if, if you look at a nephilim and you look at what what that's supposed to represent it's supposed to have some type of either direct connection to some type of you know say fallen angel or some type mm-hmm. of spiritual connection with with uh a nephilim spirit if, if you look at the way that the argument is made so, I mean, I, I'm trying, that's, that's a tough one. It um, is, it is. It's hard because we don't know. It's like when people yep. ask me, you know, um, prove to me that Bigfoot's real. And I'm like, it, you know, like, I, <laughs> there's just so much to unpack there. Um, but so in your book, you do portray the giant as Nephilim, right? I, I, oh. I, I do, yes, as, okay. as, a, as a Nephilim, yes. Yeah. And without getting into, again, to the, to the storyline, don't want to mm-hmm. run it, but, but there is a, in his case, there's a direct descendancy mm-hmm. to, to fallen angels right. in, in, in that storyline, which goes back a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, this is a crazy, crazy idea but I, if, if you follow the the nephilim the, the storyline is that there were also supposed to be interactions with animals as well as humans mm-hmm. so having hybrids and i don't know if a bigfoot could be a hybrid mm-hmm. of a primate of a primate right. you know from a thousand years ago and again that's that's really way out there right i mean <laughs> um i've had people just well, why do you believe in Bigfoot? Why don't you think it's just a monkey on a barrel in the woods? I'm like, oh, that's more plausible. You know, people right, will right, right. people will go out of their way to not think about things um, if it doesn't fit their narrative. Um, so uh, in the book, you actually use those Native American accounts to support um, that. The Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cowboys has a question. Michael, have you researched the... Nantanak Bigfoot in Alaska and some of the lore from the natives there. I probably butchered that, but I tried real hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for the question, cowboy. I'm, I, I have not, although I'd love to learn more about it. Um, I don't know if you know much about it, Lauren, or if there's a mm, good, good no. book to, to read on it or not. No, uh, definitely. You know, if you can, I, and I can, I can send you that, uh, a copy of that message, um, Mm -hmm. so that you can maybe use that for a sequel if that's, um, something, you know, Yeah. okay. And, um, 
Okay, let me see if there are any more questions. I don't think so. Um, so you had, you know, had you planned to go the Nephilim ang angle before you started this book? Or did that kind of just develop? I, I actually started with that angle because it's something I had thought about for a long time. It's, I guess it's one of those ideas that I thought, you know, that story... Because in my mind, when I when I've kept reading about the Kandahar giant, I kept thinking, you know, there's a whole lot more to this than than what meets the eye in my mind. That there's just got to be more out there. And so then I started researching it. And so I've got other ideas of a mm -hmm. list of other kind of book ideas. But I thought let's start there, right. and, and and start with that. But you know, I wanted to spend enough time doing research on it so that, like you said, I I felt like what we what we what i put in the book was you know as close as i could as many facts as i could or at least secondhand information that i could put in there right right absolutely um okay all right um in in your research did you delve much into the local history of the giant in in kandahar in the middle east area okay so i'm assuming local as in like interacting with the local local folks right. in the region. Yes, um, either interacting with them or even just your research of accounts taken from that area, maybe. I, I did some, and, and, and it seemed like what what I ended up finding was that people were very nervous to talk about it, number one. Right. And those those that did talk about it would would clam up after just the first mm -hmm. one or two sentences they didn't want to go very right. deep and but, but they were also very fearful of it um very oh. fearful of the topic and it was it was more along the lines of yes we have giants in caves and they eat children mm -hmm. i've heard that many times that they eat children and right um but you know i again I, nothing with a smoking gun mm -hmm. um it, without actually going there in person it, it would it'd be kind of hard to probably get particularly locally there to get folks who are in the more remote regions obviously that that might have experience to it without actually going there it would it would have been it's pretty difficult obviously right right did you see i mean it's i don't know it's interesting to me so the people that the encounters of them eating children um that just like hits me because the encounters here of bigfoot with the cherokee specifically are that they are baby eaters um mm -hmm. you know and so it's just i don't know that's kind of interesting to me um that the big the cherokee here used to have territories and treaties with the bigfoot and they would put you know berries and other gifts at the borderline and that way they wouldn't eat their women and children and um so I just think that's yeah, I interesting. Mean, it, I found it interesting. I mean, I, I did find a few stories where it talked about the locals trying to offer sacrifices in the right word, but but they would they would leave out, you know, meat and food and stuff like that, kind of right. like in an effort to kind of keep it away from you know from from their villages and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it, yeah, those kind of stories. Yeah, I think I had heard. Um from the the witness that i talked to that shared the the giant story that when they would patrol the area around those cave systems that 
you know, the U.S. would patrol this area and the another nation, their military would patrol this area and no one would patrol the middle because no one would go in the middle. Like there was nobody there. And even the locals wouldn't go to that area. And it was supposedly the area where the giants lived. Did you come across anything yeah, like that? Yeah, I came across there were certain areas where they didn't want to go to, particularly at night in the dark. And okay. there were also stories of, you know, prior to that, that, for example, Russian forces were there, you know, years before that. And there were stories of Russian forces also coming across these and really? having bad experiences as well that I ran across one story. And one gentleman said he had, he had been over there and as a, he was a Russian, former Russian military person. Mm -hmm. And he just said it was, you know, they had some very bad experiences and they wouldn't patrol the area and many of their men were killed and, and they wanted to, to leave the area. Um, oh my gosh. So I had not heard that one. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, the, you know, I just, it just dawned on me back to the, um, the, uh, giant being, you know, killed and parted out. Um, I, I remember now there, the, the scientist was a woman, I believe. And she had, um, she had received the hand and mm -hmm. she said it was blue and she had received the hand. And I don't, there was something about, <sighs> she had shared that information with her husband or something like that. And then he ended up being, uh, he ended up dying suspiciously afterwards. And so that kind of goes back to, you know, is the military going to cover that up or not? So, um, it's kind of scary. Yeah, it, it is scary. And, and I, again, I, I'm, I'm, I would think at least in my experiences, a lot of these, Obviously, it's not it's not unusual probably for the military to cover up on these kind of clandestine type of things, um, you know, and you probably talked about it in, in regards to, you know, the military folks interacting with Bigfoot. And that's probably even obviously more common, I imagine, than than what you're talking about here with the, with the candy bar story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the other author that I interview, I've had him on a couple times, good friend of mine. He, um, actually includes in his very first book, he has a, um, a pilot, a military pilot, and the pilot is flying over South or Southeast Oklahoma and his plane crashes into a clan of Bigfoot. And I, it's just, it's all kind of tied in there. It's, it's actually a really good book. Um, also, but, uh, it just kind of. It, he ties in the military a lot into his book as well um, because it's kind of one of those things, you know, that we know that they know, you know, that we know that they know, but, right. you know. Right, <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod, yeah. Yeah, they're not going to tell <laughs> us, though. Um, yeah. I Okay, so I know that you're not a researcher, um, per se. You're not a Bigfoot researcher, per se, right? Right, um, right. But we did get a question. I think it's just a hypothetical for you, but I, I would like to hear your answer. Um, sure. If you did get great footage of a Bigfoot or giant or, you know, how would you present it so not to have it torn apart by human incredulity? Yeah. So, so the question is, I mean, because as soon as, soon as someone comes out with something, Mm -hmm. they're, they're going to be told it's fake and all right. that kind of stuff, right. regardless of, of authenticity right. and all that. And, you know, I would, 
for me, I, I would probably, and again, I've, I've not thought about this. So I'm just going to give you off the cuff kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would want to do everything that I could to have, before I, before I shared that, I would want mm -hmm. to have a bunch of proof backing mm -hmm. it up as it's to its authenticity. Right. Um, and so that might mean, again, I don't, I'm not a film expert, but it would be, yeah. you know, having someone who could look at the film and make sure that it, it was valid. Um, mm -hmm. I would probably have some testimonies from top tier witnesses mm -hmm. that could, and this stuff's probably already going on, top tier witnesses <laughs> that, that, that would, that would testify to it if right. I could get them, obviously. Right. Um, it would be great. I don't know if I would want to, it'd be really hard to do, but I'd want to like a, maybe a, even a top tier media outlet involved so that mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it, it comes out from a, a very reputable you know, right. right. Um, kind of a press release, so to speak yeah. about it. Um, I think that's a, a good plan. I think, you know, we don't think about that as much as we should, um, having maybe a panel of diversified and academic, you know, scientists, different scientists, but a diversified panel that is kind of on standby to just verify this, because I feel like the Bigfoot community, especially, we kind of just all do it on our own. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, we all kind of do it on our own. We have, you know, we do have, um, you know, scientists that are really great about identifying tracks, you know, uh, going through audio and verifying it, going through video and verifying it, getting them all to work together to verify um, some type of evidence would be the challenge, but it would be great if we had somewhere um, centralized for all that to go to be verified. That would be amazing. But uh, unfortunately, we're not quite that cohesive and we're not, we're not there yet. We're not, we don't have it I mean, together you, yet. <laughs> and, and, and not to sound too conspiracial here, but do you think there's a vested interest that would, that would want that kind of validity to not go forward? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you, you go into the national parks, um, the forestry service, the oil and gas, you know, anything like that is going to be infect, infected, impacted and infected by, um, by having a species out there that doesn't, you know, that will, I mean, we know they're out there. The government knows they're out there. And I feel that the government knows where they are out there. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that human nature, we can't just let it be out there. We have to try to control it. So then we would have to, you know, control rope off all the national parks and like, they can't go anywhere, you know, just, I think it would impact, um, civilization way too much to say yes this thing's out there leave it alone um so i mean that's my personal theory on it um yeah i mean i mean i i could it's uh, i agree with your points I, I i think also i think of if you had if all of a sudden there was a disc there was made known in a very public venue about a new species mm -hmm. i can only also think of all the negative effects for the species Right. And and because there's going to be a bunch of folks out there who have nefarious, you know, yes. reasons to go out. Mm -hmm. And I would be yeah. concerned about about that more than I mean, almost more than anything else is, is you know, that right. kind of harm that, right. would, that would that would happen. One of the things that I often uh, talk about is that it doesn't stop with proven. So even if one day the government does what it did with UFOs and it lifts the veil and it's like, oh, hey, by the way, these are real. Um, it doesn't stop with proven for us. Then we have to turn to conservation. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's where we get to verify all of the data that we've all collected over the years and see just how good we are. Um, and then also turn that over so that we can put it together and start conservation efforts for these creatures. Not that they may even need it, but if it, if we were to have to put them, uh, start doing to them what we do for other animals, you know, don't shoot them. Not that we could because we can't find them, you know, stuff like that. Right. All right. One more question. Um, Michael Ferguson has always been a big interest. I can't read. Has always had a big interest in the unknown and how the supernatural events intersect with science. Can you give an example of that? Of the of, of how the supernatural inter intersects with science. Yes, sir. Um, now you got me on the spot. I got to tell you, a supernatural with the science. Um, <laughs> I I think that well just in general I think as I think about how how we as a society have have thought about supernatural and science over the years mm -hmm. um, we've we've grown and we've learned mm -hmm. and so there are things that perhaps that we've considered supernatural years ago right, right. Absolutely. that in today's world wouldn't necessarily be supernatural and mm -hmm. and so i think about it maybe there are other species out there for example yes this may be supernatural but maybe it's very normal in their ecosystem right and once we learn more about it and maybe once we're mature enough as a, as a society to respect and learn a little bit mm -hmm. more and be more open-minded maybe then we'll find out that this isn't supernatural but this is right you know a, a, a new species that has different abilities than maybe we do and it's not supernatural but it's but it's part of the grand design right and that's so, so for me that's kind of way I, I think about it yeah i i agree um i that's actually something that i have heard in you know the past year especially is that everything's supernatural until it's proven until it's scientifically I, proven yeah 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 um okay so where can we find your book and are you writing a sequel? And do you have any ideas from your research and all that you've uncovered? Did it spawn ideas for other books? Yes, 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 and yes. Um, <laughs> okay. um, so, so the book is actually at Amazon. It's also at Barnes and Noble. So you know, please encourage you to read it. Check it out. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so it's there the the second question was do do i have a sequel planned is that the the, the second question yes yes okay yeah um the, yes i i do and i was just working on the outline last night um awesome. without 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 giving away the ending of the first mm -hmm. novel because you'll have to right. read it to find out how it ends yes. but 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 there's a natural progression um for a even bigger player from a nephilim to come back in the sequel and i'll probably bring in so the first one was more U.S. based. Mm -hmm. The second sequel, I've been doing some research about things in North Africa, as well as some things in the Vatican okay. that I can also bring in as a tie to awesome. that, but also still keeping it very modern, keeping right. it very current modern times today. So it's not mm -hmm. like a thousand years ago or a thousand years in the future or whatever it's today, <laughs> right. today's events. Um, and so that will be the, the sequel to that. Okay. Um, I would love to write other books too. I mean, I, I would, mm -hmm. I would love to have, I would love to 
to do some research on Bigfoot, but more research on right. Bigfoot. And, and, but again, I'm, I'm being very cautious here because I want to be very respectful. Right. And I don't want to just come up with a speculative fiction novel. So maybe right. I don't know if it should be speculative or it should be something different than that. Because right. in my mind, I feel like there's a lot more proof, obviously, in this space mm -hmm. than, say, with the Kandahar Giant. Right. Um, and so I'd want to be very, you know, cautious as to how I proceeded with that to do it in a right in, a, in, a, in an appropriate manner. Yeah. Maybe have a Bigfoot researcher come into the book and, you know. As Maybe they could be a co-author. Someone wants to be a co-author. Yeah, you know we have a we have a we have a lot of uh, great um, sources out there that are also mm -hmm. authors. So that is not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that would be a great spinoff series because um, I can tell you that the Kandahar Giant, like when you contacted me, I was flabbergasted that there that you. That, there was a book about this and yes it's loosely fiction but still that there was a book about this because i know from weird realities which is another podcast associated with nightcrawlers that um the research that authors have to do for their books i know that several of my people are on government watch list from their research alone because you guys have to research a lot of weird things and a lot well, of um, scary things I, well, how, how do you find that out i mean how do they know i mean do i need to go search yeah so i know that that's why i was so excited when you and when you contacted me because yeah. i know that the research you put into it you were going to be very knowledgeable about this topic um and have some snippets of knowledge that I didn't know about, which you did. So um, I'm, yeah. I'm really glad that I had you on the show. Well, and my, I think my, fam my family's kind of like, they're kind of like, okay, be careful because of the reasons you just said. But Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. The, like we had mentioned before, we, you know, chatted before the show, um, Nephilim is a very hot button for people. Um, I have seen more fights break out on the internet about that in the Bigfoot community specifically um, about wow. that topic than any other topic. You can say that Bigfoot turns into a unicorn at night and poops glitter yeah. and you will not fight with someone as much as if you drop the N word, the Nephilim N word <laughs> um, in around people. They just, people are very passionate about that. I'm yeah, very I mean, passionate it, about that. It, 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 I mean, I've, I've seen that, like, like we were talking earlier, I've seen people just, just, they just, they, they, they get really passionate for sure yeah. about this topic and, yes. um, you know, it, so just, it, it's, it's a top, it's a hot topic. Yeah. Well, hats off to you for being brave enough to write about, uh, to write about that topic and to, you know, put research time effort into that and create a book for us to read. So I appreciate you very much for your efforts and also for coming on the show tonight. You have been amazing. And I hope we did justice for you, for your book and well, your work. I, I, I appreciate it for having me and I've enjoyed the conversation and you know, I, I will, I, I definitely want to learn more now that, that I've been on the show. Yes. I want to learn more about, you know, the phenomenon in this area for sure mm -hmm. and, and do some more research on it. So oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And I'll send you that message with the um, Alaskan tribe in it for you to kind of poke around. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on tonight. And um, I'm going to put you back in the queue and I will chat with you in just a second. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs>
Okay, everybody, you guys be sure to go to Amazon and Barnes and Noble and check out his book, The Genesis Six Project. And if you have any other questions for him, he has a website as well. Thank you guys so much for listening tonight. Thank you for your questions in the chat, your support. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe, hit that notification bell so you don't miss the next show. Um, next time we will have David Wilbanks on, who is a Bigfoot researcher and author out of Oklahoma. Um, he is very popular. I have had so many of you message me and ask if I will have him on. So your wish is my command. Uh, next Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, bring a like for the guest and bring your questions to the chat. All right, you guys. Stay safe, be kind, and I will see y'all next time.